Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Oh my gosh, we don't even have an off week on this podcast. We go right from The Bachelorette into Bachelor in Paradise, and it's where my co-host shines. Paradise time. Oh my gosh, Ben, watching this had me feeling PTSD. Mm. I know that we shouldn't use that out of like true context, but like Wells used it though. So, I mean, yeah, I was pretty traumatized to be honest. It's actually pretty close to the true definition. I was feeling Joe so much, mm. and there's just like this sense that I get every season that comes around. It's just like, I am so grateful that I am married. I married Jared <laughs> and I don't have to be there suffering. It, but okay. So this is how we're going to kick it off. And I think it's super interesting. You, I feel like you go back and forth on this because 
I tell people in my time with them that you really love paradise, but yet there's moments where you're like, I hated this experience. This felt like you just said suffering. So what is it, Ashley? Did you like it or did you not? No, no, Ben. I did not have a great, and I did not have a good time there. Did I get a lot out of it? Yeah. I like grew so much from the experience. I got so much more mature um, relationship experience, just like communication. Like I got so much out of it, but very few moments were enjoyable, but it's, oh, it's like this, um, it's kind of like this Jonas Brothers quote <laughs> that I love to throw out there all the time. Uh, the line of the, the lyric of the song is the days that seem the worst, the days that were the worst seem to glow now. And it's kind of like that where it's like when I think back on it, I only think I usually first think of the good moments and like even this, there's like a, there's like even a glow to the suffering, right? Cause everything turned out good. Yeah, I get that. But I enjoyed my bachelor experience so much more. Like that was okay. just pure fun. Okay. Okay. So you enjoyed yeah. the bachelor experience. The bachelor experience was more fun. Paradise. I wonder, Ashley, if your situation's a tad unique because Oh, it, it sure is. Well, <laughs> and I and I'll say it why. Because your husband was on that beach with you, which adds like I would have to imagine it, it intensifies the situation you maybe didn't know it at the time you maybe thought oh my gosh i really like this guy but there was like a deep love and connection between the two of you that was on the beach which made this so much more like heavy like it was so real yeah. I mean, it was so real to you yeah like people say like oh go and have fun it's just like no no, no there's no fun about finding your person <laughs> and it needing to work out you feel like that you feel like it needs to happen then or it's never going to happen mm. but then for us i mean it, yeah. it truly did not have to happen then and it was supposed to go slower but definitely but yeah i think that from like my, my fan viewers point of view is probably one of the reasons do you think the people today uh, after watching, we're going to get into a couple things here uh, for all of you friends uh, out there listening. We're going to uh, announce a really exciting thing that we have going on um, that will involve all of you. Like we need all of you listening to to be involved in this as well. The second piece of this is we're going to break down um, this week's episode of Paradise. But I really kind of watched uh, this week's episode and I was like, I need to ask Ashley some questions. Do you think the people today go on the beach with a similar mindset to which you and your friends at the time were going on that beach. You know, after watching this episode, I kind of feel like, yes, I feel like there was a lot of people that genuinely were looking for their partner and they know, I think it's different because on the bachelor, you're kind of like, Oh, the odds are really against me. I don't even know. You're like, I'm yeah. just doing this for fun. Like I'm doing this for this reason or that reason. But then when you've already gone through the process and you know how real the feelings are that develop, I think you go into paradise with more of like an authentic heart. That's so interesting. Cause I think so many people, myself included, I'm guilty of this. We watch paradise and like, you know, I, I, I hear people all the time now ask me, were you ever on that Paradise show? That show's so <laughs> wild, but I love it. I think people think that Paradise is just this big party that is an excuse for people to stay famous and get back into relevancy. But I see it consistently, and I got to talk to uh, Wells about this in Memphis just a, a week and a half ago, how intense these relationships become over time. And so it is almost like 
maybe is it a, do you feel like it's a shock to the contestant system once all of a sudden they get there and they go oh my gosh like this isn't just fun and games anymore yeah because <clears throat> just the experience itself is such a di- it's just so different from being on the main show because on the main show you're like oh you know i can show up and, and like be prime me whenever the bachelor or the bachelorette's around and like I'm off just goofing off with my friends most of the time. Um, but then in Paradise, you realize like it just never, ever stops. And the, yeah. the contestants kind of let that on during this episode where they were like, oh, my gosh, like socially, I had to be on for so long. And it yeah. felt like if I wanted to just relax and like take a breather from it, that I was going to fall behind. So there is like more of a constant pressure to be on and like fighting for what you want and you're always scared that somebody's going to come in and sneak the person that you want away so Uh, i just think it's a more pressure-filled environment and at the same time because it never stops it means that you also never stop having time with the person that you like so i think feelings in relationships develop so much faster and but yeah but that comes with so much pressure because you're like if i don't if i'm not with them for like five minutes what it what's gonna happen and that's just scary it's just like you're constantly scared (laughs) it it sounds ashley i I, you know i've gotten to know you well and listeners have gotten to know you well i'm shocked you could do paradise well i don't know if i could because (laughs) i didn't i didn't do it well (laughs) well you got married okay hey um moving on here a little bit um into really the final uh piece nugget that i find interesting and i don't know if anybody else will but that doesn't matter because i got the mic um, I was looking back last, uh, last night as we were watching the episode and I was looking at some of the Instagram and a uh, following of some past bachelor in paradise contestants. It is okay. interesting to me how large of a following these contestants gain from paradise. Like most of the, the women, especially from this experience the paradise show have more followers than our last bachelorette katie thurston there is a huge i wonder if the audience watches paradise and they feel like they can relate a little bit more from it and as a result they become followers of the people on the show am am i crazy is this interesting at all or is this just a, a weird thought i think you're probably looking at people who have um ended up in relationships yeah. and engaged and married from the show okay. and like possibly had kids from the show. So like that makes sense because every time there's like a big life landmark, you go up a bit. Um, but I also was thinking while watching this episode, like, oh my gosh, this show. Well, I mean, in my personal opinion, it's just like, I like this show so much more than the main show because you get to see actual personalities. Like a lot of the things that we see feel like moments that we'd see in the blooper part of the main show. It's just everybody just seems like more of like a real person than like this per than a person like reading from a script of like what they should say when they're falling in love. Mm, interesting. Uh, well, Ashley, love your uh, insight. We're going to continue to tap into your insight as we move through the podcast. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we're going to start breaking down this week's episode of Bachelor in Paradise. We're going to talk about... Uh, David Spade. We're going to talk about Wells. We're going to talk about Kenny being naked on the beach and the crabs that everybody is dealing with. Hey, we'll be back with the Almost Famous Podcast. (laughs) What keeps baby skin healthy? 
a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Teddy Mellencamp. I have a question. Are you listening to Teddy Teapod? Because today I'm having on Batsheva from My Unorthodox Life, and you are not going to want to miss it. Listen to my podcast, Teddy Teapod, right now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, Ashley, let's start at the beginning. I uh, I want to kind of walk you through this because there's a th- few things that we got uh, wrote into us that people are interested in. One of them is, uh, what was your overall honest feelings? We know that uh, you and I both uh, care deeply for Chris Harrison. Obviously, we're moving into a season now where we're no longer watching Chris on The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise, so we're getting used to it. We've shared our opinions about how well we thought Caitlin and Tasha did for the roles that they were given on The Bachelorette. However... Uh, we, we personally, uh, felt like the show was missing Chris during the bachelorette or this, the familiarity of the show was no longer there and it's changing and we're getting used to it. Now we roll in the paradise. So with that being considered, what was your thoughts on David Spade and Wells filling those shoes? To be completely honest, I don't think David Spade added anything and I think it just should have been Wells. Interesting. Why do you feel like that way? Um, well, Wells did most of the actual hosting. He told the contestants what was going to happen to them throughout the week. And then even there was that moment where David was like, I was gone last night. Wells, what happened? Catch me up. And it's just like, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, why didn't we just have Wells who fits so well in the paradise role? It doesn't make any sense. Like with Caitlin and Tasha, like we had two alums. They did what they did great with the main show. And then we have. Wells, who just seems like a natural fit, who's already there as a sidekick normally. And if he's going to deal with the rose ceremonies as well, it's just like, I don't understand why we didn't just have him do everything. He's obviously a confidant for the contestants. They feel very comfortable with him. And David Spade was like, you know, of course he was funny in parts, but I did. I wasn't thinking previously that his apathetic type of humor how it would be here and it actually just came across to me like he was sort of disinterested in it yeah okay so i think if you asked a producer on the show they would say david spade was there for the comedic relief he was maybe not i mean i think that's i don't probably think we why, need comedic i don't think we that need was the comedic question relief do we the, need comedic yeah. relief on this show no not on paradise there was already plenty yeah that's interesting well 
I uh, Taj Wan d- took the comedic relief. She's, she's funny. so outrageous, hilarious. I love her. Uh, she's just sweating bullets on that scene and i'm like that poor girl is miserable and somehow she found herself back on this beach and she is just so unhappy uh and i have a feeling this paradise season goes well for her i don't know if if it does but i hope it does anyways so uh you're in the camp of hey wells uh wells can do this thing like we're watching Mm -hmm. wells form into this host he's obviously a professional host by trade for years I wonder if in the future, Wells will just carry this Paradise show on his own. But for right now, we do have guest hosts coming in. And it is interesting uh, to watch Wells kind of come to age, in a, in a sense, in front of our eyes. And I do think he carried the show well last night. I think he, I think he did a great job. Okay, but you be honest, too. Do you really feel like David Spade was necessary? I, I think it was necessary from an idea point before the show started. I don't know. I'm not, I, and I don't know this. I don't know if anybody expected Wells to be able to carry this show on his own. Uh, and I think the guest host was almost like a security blanket and a, and kind of like a risk eliminator just in case Wells couldn't do it. But I think you and I both knew Wells could. I don't know if the if others felt that way. Hmm. But after watching the first episode, I'm like, of course he can. Like, we don't need anybody else. And and I really think for me, it hit me when Joe and Wells were talking because I've been in a situation similar, right? On, on winter games. And I had you there to kind of like work with. And I was like, this is all a reminder of something that went terribly wrong. And I'm sad mm-hmm. and I don't want to be here. And this is overwhelming. And it's, and I, and I feel like I'm now kind of trapped, but yet it's also healthy because I know this is like a step in the right direction for me. I get that. Like I can relate with Joe in those moments. And I felt deeply for him and mm-hmm. Chris filled that role for me during that time where I got to sit with him and I'm like, man, we've, we've got to be together outside of this show. You know, like my heart, like I just need you in this moment. You were the same person for me. I saw it with Wells and Joe and, and I know for Joe, that was a big moment in his life, like a really big moment for him to take the next step forward. And Wells did it great. And he cared deeply. And I know he does care deeply because I get to talk to him off, you know, off the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if we need them. Well, we'll see. We'll continue to see how the other hosts go. And I'm sure that David is probably there for two weeks. Yeah, I don't think he's there long. And I mean, he was so funny at the, at the end. So funny when he talked about the crabs because <sighs> he's right. Crabs are really spiders with a good PR team. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we talk about it every year. But just remind our listeners before we jump in right up next is the Bachelor in Paradise breakdown. Uh, how bad are the crabs on the beach? Are they really everywhere? No, they really are everywhere. And you really can't open a door without like one there and like afraid of killing one because they like love hanging out in the cracks of the door. Um, they are everywhere. And as long as you don't look at that, like really think about how much they are spider like, it's OK. But then like. But when you do, you're like, oh, my God, these are just like spiders that crawl around all over the place, except for they have really funny expressions. Like they truly look like you caught them in the middle of committing a crime every time you look at them. Yeah, they're they're not just spiders to me. I've been in paradise and I've gotten to do a few things down there at different points. Like those crabs are intense. They're bigger. They have chompers. uh, They're hard. Um, They look at you. Spiders, at least like half the time you don't see them. And when you do. 
you, you're just so much bigger than them. Crabs are a little bit more intimidating know. to me. I don't know. Really? Yeah, they are. Anyways, uh, Ashley, here we go. We're going to break down this week's episode uh, of Bachelor in Paradise. I'm going to let you take it away. Let's start, uh, I think, at the entrances. And all of them are very similar. But I want to talk to you because Jessica and I got to watch Bachelor in Paradise with Kenny's entrance. Obviously, it's a huge deal. Yeah, let's talk about the ones that really stood out. What in the world did he? He was not really new. There's no way. Well, I asked, like we were watching, we 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 went backwards. I don't think he was, but yet some of the guys said he was because no, like there was not one person there who acted like, whoa, there is a, a you know, exactly. there is a, there is a, 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 an antenna hanging out of you know, hanging off of Kenny and it's staring me in the face. Like all of them were very way too comfortable for him to be completely naked. Right. Or is that just paradise? Is everybody cool with this? No, no, that was exactly what I was thinking. And there's no way these girls are just going up and giving him hugs. Yes. The hugs are from far away, but like he definitely had one of those sock things on. There's no way that Mari sat down with him on a bed while his penis was just hanging out next to her during their first conversation. Yeah. I mean, and if so, I want to know because they made it seem like he was. They even had contestants saying that he was. Yeah. Yet it was it, it just nobody reacted in the way I thought they would. Like I mm-hmm. even for me, right? I I I'm I've been in locker rooms. I see myself every day. I think I would have been thrown off. Like just to at least have a reaction of like, "Whoa, like that's new. Like that's that's intense." We needed some Justin facial expressions for this. Oh, they definitely should have montaged that in. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ever, so I don't know for sure. I My vote is that it's not. We'll find out. We'll let you know. Um, other entrances that kind of um, surprised you. Obviously, we have Victoria. Uh, we have a Tammy entrance um, where it's very comfortable with uh, David Spade. But she doesn't even know who he is. Who else stood out to you in their entrances? Um, I mean, Abigail was cute and flustered. Um, I think Joe is so authentic to himself. I like the way he was wearing just a regular t-shirt. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about, let's talk about Victoria for a second. Um, the goddess thing, she's, she's definitely less extra than she was last time, but I think she's going to have a hard time getting somebody to give her a rose and she hasn't been getting as much screen time as we would expect. So I don't know if she's going to be sticking around next week. Um, and then I think Taj Wan was just hilarious. She like legit, did she leave on her own last, last season because she couldn't deal I with the heat? I think she did. Yeah. I think she's like, <laughs> I, I'm, over I'm just going to pretend like that's what happened. And now she's back and she's just hilarious. Um, I get it. I, I, the way that I'm feeling now, like if I was pregnant and down there, oh, well, I already t- I told them I could not go because I would die. Like I would die. But normally I'm OK with the heat. But like if you're somebody who can't deal with the heat and you're down there, it's basically like you're not functional. You're not functional because there's no escape. Yeah, there's no air conditioning. Right. Other than the boom, boom room. No, the boom, boom room does not have air conditioning. The interview rooms have air conditioning. Oh, wow. So like the boom, boom room with like a real legit bed, you're sleeping with another human and like, and you're just sweaty. Oh, I thought the reason that, uh, 
um, Jaden Tanner chose the boom, boom room to like move into was because it was air conditioned. No, it's, it's there's a boom, boom room. And then there's where Jade and Tanner were. They used to sleep at like the top of the quote tree house. And that's like a really private area with like a king bed. Um, and there's like a couple big fans on it. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So another couple that stood out to me just with excitement, uh, that we haven't mentioned is Brendan makes a huge appearance and, uh, he's good looking as ever. Uh, he did not get the, like, I don't know if there's a guy there yet that stood out to me where it's like, oh, this is the guy that everybody's going to go after. He was what I thought would be him and Ivan, but neither of them. I thought he and Joe, I thought all the girls would be over Joe. You know, it's interesting. I wonder, I think he, they could have, but I think Joe's first impression to them was like, hey, I'm not ready, which, you know, these girls are like, okay, I'm going to pull away. I'm going to focus on somebody else. Like give him the time and respect he deserves. And so we just yeah. didn't see it. But the, yeah. the guys that were very open. I thought Ivan and Brendan really bring in, like, be the ones that everybody was going after. And it's just not that way yet. Usually you see kind of the hot commodities. Uh, Serena P was obviously one of them. But with the guys, there there isn't one yet, um, necessarily. Yeah, I would say you're probably right. I feel like Joe was the main character of this entire episode. And I just, like, want people to like kind of put themselves in his shoes. Like I feel it in paradise, like exactly where he was, but you can put yourself in like, think of where you met like a significant other and think about like where you guys would go, the restaurants you would go, like whether it was college and it's like the actual campus or whatnot. And then like all of a sudden years later, after experiencing what you did with them, you go into that same spot and you're expected to find something with somebody else, it is, it'll, it'll whack you out, you know, and you are only going to reminisce and like, you're feeling all this nostalgia. And I bet you that Joe in that moment was just thinking like, there was, there had to be a thought, like maybe I should be back with Kendall. I, I, I think, yeah, the emotions flooded in and you know, Jessica and I are like this. I've always been a believer that when you end a relationship that was a good relationship, but it needed to end for whatever reason, right? You weren't meant for each other. Uh, it is important or it's it's healthy to have a respect and admiration for that human still, to care for them deeply, to know that you mm-hmm. want what's best for them, for them to find love or whatever it is they're out there pursuing. Like you don't, I don't think there's any health unless the relationship was very unhealthy in disliking or hating or wishing anything ill on that ex. And I think for Joe, uh, being getting to be around Kendall and Joe, you know, many times through this podcast and through other events, they're both uh, terrific humans who care deeply for each other. And I think they still have a lot of respect for each other, even though the relationship needed to end, which probably makes those emotions even harder because they're probably confusing because now he's back in that environment feeling and remembering some of the past. Yeah. Right? Totally. Yeah. And isn't it funny when you have a breakup, you only remember the momentous moments, the good and the bad. Yeah. And so if that beach is full of good momentous moments for him and Kendall, those are the things he's remembering. He's not remembering the disagreements about where to live and the disagreements about what life was going to look like. Mm -hmm. He's only remembering the good. And he's surrounded by all these people who are fresh to the environment and experiencing it for the first time, and they just don't understand. Mm, yeah, because he's the only. Who 
who is there were like two other alums okay from paradise so it was tajwan and demi tajwan and demi um and joe yeah you're right and we yeah. didn't get to see a lot of demi this episode i think we will as time continues we obviously got to really dive into tajwan and uh and joe but okay so we move out through the entrances. Everybody's now there. They meet each other. Uh, David Spade and Wells uh, stand in front of the group and say that the guys now have the roses for this week. How does that change the dynamic, Ashley, especially week one when everything's new and everything's exciting? Well, of course, the guys are going to feel extreme relief. And then the pressure is so on the girls to like even create some sort of rapport with somebody that like even if it isn't long lasting like is is enough to get you through the week and i do think that there's some truth to the matter where it's like now the guys can kind of lay back and see which girls come up to them Mm. Uh, there's definitely like more of a power struggle now it's interesting because also the the guy's mentality of this week they got to come to me they've got to earn it is okay right i mean it's fine because they have the roses however as we've seen in paradise, that dynamic will quickly change next week. And so this like, Hey, let them come to me mentality might not be beneficial, especially when the girls now would, are going to have the the roses. And maybe these guys haven't put in the effort that they needed to, to make these connections. Is that true? That is true. But at least they have a whole other week to kind of make up for it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, you know, things do move fast and you can see already the coupling up. And that's got to be stressful for people who aren't feeling it with anybody. Yeah, let's uh, let's dive into that. A couple couples that really stood out to both of us. Uh, Noah and Abigail, obviously. Uh, Abigail gets a first date card. She asked Noah to come along. I, uh, you know, I didn't know how I felt, honestly, personally about Noah from his time on The Bachelorette. Same, same. But this was incredible. Not, I mean, just watching him and Abigail interact and his care for her as like a human and just wanting to understand her and get to know her and his interest, like just a really beautiful couple so far that I'm, I hope it goes well. I'm into. I know. Noah was a totally different person. Like I kind of like started fresh with him. I was just like, okay, I, maybe I didn't know this guy before. I really liked his personality, his demeanor. And, uh, I feel like I trust him with Abigail. Yeah. And at the same time, I feel like Abigail um, does have a lot more walls up than Mm. I would have thought. And she is going to get be slow for him to get to know. But it'll be nice to see. I I trust that he's going to give her like all the slowness that she needs as long as she's not showing interest in somebody else. Yeah, I agree. You know, when I really started to like Noah. What? So it's obvious that he was into Abigail. There was no like complacency with him. He was, he was into Abigail. This was something he was interested yeah. in. And he, and she asked him the question. This was, I was like, no, I like you. Um, and I don't know him as a person at all, but she goes, are you surprised that you were on the first date in paradise? He goes, yes, I am. Because if not, I was going to sneak away to bed. And I was like, Noah, you're my man. Cause that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly the mindset I would be having is I'll have fun all day until the moment my wall hits. And once it hits, I'm sneaking away to bed. Oh my God. I love the way that Brendan freaked out when I was at Taj Watton was like, you, we, there's probably going to be a date card that comes in tonight. And you're like, the sun's already set. The sunlight doesn't set there until nine. And you're like, wait a second. You're telling me that I might have to be going on a date tonight. That would stress me out so much. It's just different. Like Jessica and I now plan our dates for dinner. I get on open table and I'm like, 
is there a reservation between the six and six fifteen time frame? If oh not, yeah, it's we like seven thirty is the latest. We ain't going because Ted Lasso's on, and we're gonna watch the show starting at nine. It's uh, it is it's funny, uh, kind of that mindset. But that was like something that would make me very anxious, and one of the reasons why so I think anxious. nowadays I I just couldn't handle. It. Okay, so we like knowing uh, Abigail. We're yeah. fans that also. I just want to know, you know. Ashley and I's opinion on Noah was was just kind of up in the air based on his time on The Bachelor. Yeah, it wasn't like I disliked him, but like he had like more of an edge and I see he's like more of an instigator, I felt like. Well, on Tasha's season. So maybe the takeaway from that is, was he the problem or was Bennett actually the problem? And we I mean, we can kind of point to that, right? Like we saw some yeah. things there were like, this doesn't feel right. Uh, and so maybe just maybe Noah... Noah's in the right there. I don't know. One of the things to conclude, mm-hmm. one of the things interesting to watch. Okay. So we see some kisses then. We see the other coupling up outside of the date. Uh, Connor and Marissa kiss. Trey and Tajwan kiss. Uh, that's an interesting one, obviously, because of the uncle narrative, which I hope ends now, because every time it's said, it makes me feel just a little bit uncomfortable. Can we, like, please clarify? Like, this has got to be one of those weird situations where the uncle is super close in age to, like, the other maybe not. The nephew. Maybe not. I mean, maybe not, but, like, maybe within 15 years. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, that should end now, especially if they're going to couple up. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to be <laughs> playing that scenario in my head too often. Uh, we then see Kenny uh, and Maury kiss, uh, which is mm-hmm. something... Uh, that we probably, for, I mean, at least I foresaw coming from the start of the show. Like, they were interested in each other. She was interested in him. Right. So, like, not shocking, but a cool couple to see couple up. Again, I don't know if mm-hmm. Kenny's naked the whole time during this. If so, um, this really intensifies that moment to a level that <laughs> I don't ever need to see. Uh, but something going on. And then, obviously, we talked about Joe talking to Wells. Uh, Wells kind of encouraging Joe to stay open and to put himself out there. And we see Joe and Serena P. Mm-hmm. Which they're very cute together. I like that. Joe is so awkward. He's great. I know, but that's what's so real. Real. I love it. I love it, it but too. Like, it was a charming, endearing, awkward too. And it was almost like, oh, I've been there, done that. I don't even care about being smooth anymore. At every turn though, Joe is awkward. Like, and it's great because like it's, it's fantastic to watch because it is relatable, but it's a cute couple. Uh, it's one though that does give me anxiety, Ashley, as the season progresses. Cause we obviously know Kendall shows up to the beach. Yeah. That's going to be hard no matter what. Oh, uh, uh, I have so many feelings, so many feelings about what's going to happen there. And, uh, I'm very nervous for them. Yeah. And, um, and I guess that's all I have to say about that. But like, oh my Gosh, it's gonna be hard. It, that was a really yeah. real relationship that they put a lot of effort into. It's gonna take them having some really healthy, um, decisive conversations that will be intriguing to watch from our perspective. But yeah, I I don't know. It's hard, and uh, and so that's a storyline to continue to watch uh, through Paradise. And hey, kudos to Paradise to get both J- Joe and Kendall to show up. I mean, that's a big <laughs> no, deal. No. I know. And then we see in the teaser that Joe says, Serena, you're the second girl I've ever loved in my life. Oh, I don't know how that feels. I, I Yeah. Joe, it could have been a Joe awkward moment where he's like, I thought this was going to be cute. Definitely backfired. Hopefully Serena knows him well enough at that point to be like, 
All right, Joe. Well, that didn't feel great, but... See, I don't know. I think that that's kind of cute. Okay. Because he, because she clearly already knows that there was some other girl, that there was a Kendall. Yeah, she does. But that's an age difference. It is. It was, we, again, I keep going back to us watching it and Jessica was like, that's, she's 23 is the age of her little brother who I think she still sees as her little brother, which he is, but he's also a man now, 35, dating a 23 year old. If, you know, it's not as like different than being like 23 and dating a, you know, somebody that's in college, like different, you know, they're both in life and they're both wanting love and they're both excited about the possibility of it. It could work. It has worked. You know, there's a lot of age difference, but that is an age difference. Same with Mari and Kenny. That's 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, We'll see if that becomes a storyline. Like if age does become a storyline. However, I'm, I'm more in the mindset now that as long as the two people are both aligning on their interest in life, that, that can work well, but there's just a lot of life between 23 and 35. I'm a different human That's now. what it is. Yeah, there is. It's not so much that it's a 12-year age difference. It's the age difference that it is currently. Yeah. Early 20s, mid 30s. Yeah, there's just a lot of life to be lived and a lot of lessons to be learned and a lot of things to develop over that time. So I, I don't know. I sit in Josie and I honestly would be a little self-conscious. I, for Serena, it, I don't know if it matters very much. But if I was Joe, I know that, you know, as you get older, you get a little more self-conscious about that. And you're like, how, you know, are you interested in, in somebody my age? Are you wanting somebody that's like wanting to have dinner at 630 at night and be in bed at 930? Like, is that something interesting? Or are you still wanting to get out there and explore at an energy level that I just no longer am interested in? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll watch it as we go. Okay, final big moment. Demi walks down uh, the steps, says hi to David. We see Demi enter into paradise. Are you surprised that she's there? And what do you expect out of Demi this time around? I worry that Demi might be too cocky going into this. Okay. I think she thinks she is like, she is like a senior here, right? So there is like a certain seniority and she is a very well-known member of Bachelor Nation. I can understand it hitting your ego a little bit, but she might be walking in a little bit too overconfident. Um, And I'm worried that she's like not, it's, she's not going to make friends there. It's interesting. And I could see how even I would have that perspective after being there before feeling like I, I know I understand it all feeling kind of uh, almost immune to the emotions that people are experiencing. Like I felt this before. I know it's the calm. I know it's going to, and, and then all of a sudden the show finds a way to just totally rock your world somehow. And they will, they will. Yeah. Being overly confident walking down those steps or walking onto the show is one of the the greatest uh, ways to set yourself up for for some hurt or at least for an experience that will, like you said earlier, mature you, change you, uh, and hopefully over time enhance who you are as a human. Well, I think this is a great conversation, Ashley, to tie into our guest who has been on Paradise, who ha- is familiar with this show and familiar with the world that is The Bachelor, Ashley Frazier Williams is going to be joining us right after this break to talk about paradise and talk about what she has going on in her life right now. What keeps baby skin healthy? 
a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us, so we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it. Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. 
It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I know I'm not alone in thinking, like, what is in that tampon cotton? Like... I know there's chemicals in there and that is weird. It does not feel okay. And we all have heard a lot about how tampons are not the best for the environment. Neither are pads. So if you guys are looking for something to change your lifestyle for the better and the planet, you've got to try Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving. There's the Flex Disc, which is a one-time use menstrual disc that fits perfectly inside your body. It's one Flex Disc that can be worn for up to 12 hours and holds as much flow as three super tampons, which is crazy because you know that normally you wouldn't be able to keep a tampon in for 12 hours safely so i mean that that's pretty innovative and if you want to go zero waste and have the planet love you even more pick up the flex cup it's a reusable menstrual cup that cosmo has rated number one So with helpful videos, in-depth diagrams, GIFs even, and Flexperts available to walk you through the entire process, you'll never go back to products from the past once you try Flex. So say goodbye to cramps, put sex back on the table, and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash almost and use the code almost for 20% off Flex Disc Starter Kits or 10% off your first Flex Cup, plus free shipping. That's code ALMOST at Flex, F-L-E-X, fits.com slash almost. Well, we thought that the Flex was so cool that we decided to have the inventor of it, Lauren Schulte Wong, onto the podcast just to explain a little bit more about her product because I can understand how it's a little mind-boggling at first. You launched Flex in 2016 with the hope and dream of transforming the lives of people with periods. What was it that inspired you to start Flex? I was getting yeast infections for 15 years. and 15 um, years? 15 years of yeast infections, yeah. Um, I, I'm originally from a small town in Georgia, and honestly, I never really thought that much about my period products. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just spent years researching and trying different products from all over the world, and 
trying to find something new and trying to find something different. And I couldn't really find anything. Um, so I decided to be the first period care brand um, that would co-design period products with real customers to solve their problems. So then how did you come up with the flex, the period cup? Because I will be totally honest with you. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this on this podcast. But like, I was horrified of tampons until like my 20s. I was like, they freaked me out. So like the period cup also seems a little intimidating. How do we get over that thought? Yeah, so we have a couple of different products. Our first product was a disc. And I heard that people wanted more sustainable period products, but they didn't like the idea um, of rinsing and reusing something. So they wanted something more sustainable than a tampon or a pad, but weren't able to fully commit to, let's say, rinsing out a cup in a public space. Yeah. Um, so our discs, discs are um, our first product. And they're designed so that you can wear them for 12 hours. So the only disposable period product that can be worn for 12 hours, they reduce cramps in 60% of our users. You can wear them for mess-free period sex. And those benefits for a lot of folks are enough to get over the hurdle. But the thing that I love is you can use the bathroom and empty it on the go, like hands-free emptying. So you don't- Hands-free emptying? Hands-free emptying, so there's no rinsing and reusing. And once you're back at home, you can you can take it out and and toss it. But you end up using 60% less waste than um, traditional period products. And the cup is different because we are the only cup in the world that has a patented pull tab that helps break the the seal. Um, so it helps prevent it from getting stuck, which is something that I think a lot of folks are afraid of when using for a cup for the very first time. Definitely. And what about the mess? Is there, is it any different than taking out a tampon? You feel? It is different than taking out a tampon. It absolutely takes practice and there's a learning curve. So the question I always ask people if they're thinking about trying a new period product is, is it worth testing something out to see if all the other benefits outweigh, you know, getting your hands a little messy while you're learning to use something new for the very first time? Okay. That's understandable. And then um, I hope it's not too TMI for this podcast, but how do you insert the discs? Yeah, they're pretty straightforward. You pinch it in half and it actually gets about thinner than a tampon and you push it all the way back and down and it pops open into place. So if it's in properly, you shouldn't feel it at all. And it's got um, this nice rim that molds the form of your body. So it's ultra comfortable and pretty easy to remove. So you talked about how you are getting yeast infections. Is is tampon use a common a, a common um, a common thing to cause yeast infections? Tampons can, for some people, disrupt the pH of your of your vagina. It absorbs, you know, they just absorb all of that um, healthy bioflora that your body works so hard to produce every month to keep up immunity and help prevent infections. So not for not, not everyone has issues with tampons and I'm not trashing tampons by any stretch of imagination, but for some people, they can throw off the pH of her vagina, which can lead to um, yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis. So it was really important to us that we used fully medical grade materials that would not promote the growth of harmful bacteria. And, and the discs are actually the only um, period product in the world that haven't been linked to TSS. 
Amazing. Yeah, because you said that you can keep it in for 12 hours and it absorbs as much as three super tampons were. So that is pretty incredible that we don't have to worry about toxic shock. Is there anything else about your product that you want to talk about before we let you go? Try not for mystery period sex. I mean, I, I've never really had an issue with period sex personally, um, but you can have all different types of sex. It doesn't have to be penetrative sex um, to be able to enjoy the disc. And some people find that to be very freeing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. Um, it was very informative and makes me a lot less intimidated by the new inventions, which are so popular. Our friend and colleague here at iHeart, you know, Tanya Rad, she cannot stop talking about how much she loves the Flex Cups. Oh, that's so great to hear. I'm really proud of our growth. And I think it's just because customers, like I said, are experiencing those real benefits. It can always be really scary to try something new, but you know, if it's going to make your peers more comfortable and eliminate cramps and give you more sexy time, it's worth a shot. How does it eliminate cramps? People, so it's not going to eliminate premenstrual cramps, but a lot of folks get more cramps when they're wearing a hard tampon inside of their vagina because your body is essentially trying to contract to relieve, uh, release gotcha. all of the menses. Um, and so when you don't have like a hard phallic object, object in the middle of your vagina, the flex disc sits in a, in a different space around your vaginal fornix where there are fewer nerve endings and it's soft and it's flexible. Um, so it moves with your body and creates that leak-free seal. Um, and so that's where a lot of folks tell us that their cramps are so much better. Wow, so interesting. I always thought there'd be something to that. All right, well, Lauren, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, Sucky Daters, this is Dean. And this is Jared. And this week, we have Kaylin and Ashley come on our podcast and tell us what they absolutely hate most about us. Be sure to listen to our podcast, Help I Suck at Dating, right now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, everybody. Uh, Kendall Cohen is joining the podcast. Kendall has been uh, a behind-the-scenes uh, producer of the podcast now for the last couple of weeks or months, I guess. Uh, she is from Indiana, so we know she's great. Uh, we know she's awesome. She had the opportunity to attend the premiere party of Bachelor in Paradise this week. She got to interview the contestants, hang out, get some of the scoop. Kendall's here now joining us. Kendall, what did you learn? I learned a lot. And I also came into the premiere party not knowing what to expect, like my impressions on people and everything. And one takeaway I have is how much I loved goddess Victoria. Um, she was amazing and she has a new look and, you know, she told me blondes do have more fun now that she is blonde of a brunette, which is something I loved. And I also loved Connor B. He stood out to me and he actually did bring his cat costume, but he didn't get the chance to wear it, which is a bummer. Hmm. Okay. And do you have some sound bites for us? We do. Yes. So there's a lot of good conversations I had. So Victoria, I asked her if she brought the crown with her to paradise and she did bring up how goddess is what she's going to go by. But something that also stood out to me was she said that this appearance on bachelor in paradise was going to be redemption for her from Matt's season, which I found was really interesting. I have a goddess crown. 
You have a goddess crown. Yes. Okay, so that's what your look that you're going for. Love it. And Connor, are you going to be dressing up as any other animal in Paradise? What a great question. I will say I brought the cat suit to Paradise. I didn't wear it the first day, but it may or may not make an appearance. Oh my God, that cat suit is way too hot for him <laughs> to be wearing in Paradise. Ugh. He should be dressing up like something different. Now, Kendall, did you also get any insight into when... Uh, Victoria says this is going to be redemption for her. What does she mean by that? What redemption is she looking for? Because showing up as a goddess doesn't exactly change the narrative here. I did. And we will play that for you. Paradise was definitely my redemption and like letting everyone see a different side of me. And as for what I look in a, for in a guy, like I'm always learning and growing. But definitely Matt season taught me. I want someone who trusts me and listens to me um, because I still think my side was valid. <laughs> Interesting. Did you get any insight as to like how long she might be sticking around if that really did f- come to fruition for her? You know, I tried to get that out of her and she was very put her foot down on that. But she definitely says, or from what I got from it, I feel she wants a new image on herself for this, which will be interesting to see how that will play out. Now, we also know that you got to talk to Kenny, uh, who obviously showed up to Paradise in, uh, in a very fashionable way. Uh, his skin suit was on. At least that's what we think. Uh, what did Kenny have to say? Kenny, I love talking to. He did bring up being naked and everything. And he obviously, and I talked to him and Jasenia at the same time, he made it seem like he was actually naked. So I don't know. But he did say that the new dynamic is wild. And he gave me a little insight on that as well. It's wild. Uh, it's I think it's it's way more over the top than you're used to. Uh, there's there's just more people. There's obviously with the uh, Chris not being there adds a different dynamic with different hosts and uh, Wells doing a little bit more than he normally does. Yeah. So like it's 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 a kind of a whole different show. It's the same show, but it's different. Did anybody talk about what their favorite part of being in Paradise was? A lot of them did. Majority of them, one funny thing I found was they said that Wells makes great drinks as a bartender. And well, he's had a lot of practice at it. (laughs) I know he was he was experimenting when I was with him 10 days ago. He was worried that he doesn't make good drinks drinks and he's going to experiment in the off season so he can get better at it for next year. So it's good that they they thought he was uh, he was pouring some nice drinks for him. Now, uh, final couple things here, Kendall. We did uh, pick up some audio clips. Uh, you got to talk to Hannah Ann and Mike Johnson, who we know are not showing up to Paradise, but they were at the premiere. Uh, what were they doing there, uh, and what did they have to say? Yeah, so Hannah Ann and Mike Johnson were there on behalf of the Ultimate Surfer, which the premiere party was also for, and that will premiere on Monday as well. Um, but Hannah Ann told me she is so excited to see her old castmates on this season, and Mike also said he wants to be jealous of the love that he will see on this season. Since I'm not there, I want to see drama. I want to see love. And I want to see, I want to make, I want to be jealous. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. When I watch it on my TV screens, August 16th, I want to be jealous because I wasn't there. I want to be jealous because someone else found love. And I'm being very genuine when I say that, right? Because I love love. You know, one of my favorite movies is The Notebook. Okay, well, Kendall, before we um, let you go, I did want to talk. I wanted to talk about something we haven't even talked about yet. Oh my gosh. How do we forget about the connection that Natasha and Brendan seem to be sparking there? I don't know that they kissed, which is maybe why we left them out of that couple list, but there definitely had something. 
Uh, Natasha's actually really good friends that, with Joe, though, because they host the podcast together. So did she talk about her relationship with Brendan or, or her friendship with Joe or anything like that? Yes. Yeah, so there, she did talk about her friendship with Joe, and she also gave her opinion on Joe and Kendall, which I found very interesting. So I definitely want you to hear that. You know, me and him are really close. It was hard. And I, I adore Kendall and I've met her separately from Joe, you know, when they were not together. And I adore her as well. She's really sweet. But I was like, look here, y'all, I can't get in the middle of this. This is hard. This is hard for me. And it was weird. I mean, and, and I felt his pain, you know, like he was like, uh oh, what's happening? And the moment he walked in, I mean, or the moment she walked in, it was it was like, yeah. I feel for him because anyone. I mean, can you imagine? You're no. you're dating someone. Maybe the last time he was there, he found love with her, and now they're on the beach again, not together. Not together. Crazy. Yeah. Or do or maybe they, they get back together? Or... I don't know. And that was Tammy with her too, saying maybe they get back together. So we'll have to see. Also, Tammy and Natasha both gave me their opinion on Greg and if he was showing his acting skills. And Natasha has a side where she supports Greg, but Tammy has a side where she's friends with Katie. So it's different. I'm very good friends with Katie, so I am going to take her side no matter what. But I do see the point of his side a little bit and her side. I do see where she seemed a little bit blindsided for the way that he was acting because they were very strong up until that point. So, I mean, it was just a bad breakup, you know, and it hurts no matter, no matter who what. people, yeah. Yeah, I personally think I've also talked to Greg and I, you know, we have a podcast. We talk to a lot of people here in the nation. Yeah. Um, I think that... It was a hard breakup. I personally, and I said this on my podcast, I personally resonated with Greg more just because I've been in relationships where I've sought validation. So watching it, I don't think that Katie was invalid in her feelings. I also don't think that Greg was invalid in his feelings. I do think that they both could have handled things better on her side and his side. And I do think that it was a really bad breakup. I really yeah. like your guys' take on that. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I think that people who, like the world out there, was so Greg versus Katie, Katie, uh, and it team be, Grady. It shouldn't be a versus thing. There's no teams. Yeah. It was a bad breakup. Everyone had their points. Yeah. And it just didn't work out at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, and, and to say, though, when I look at Katie and Blake, it's like, that's your person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kendall, thanks for uh, showing up to the party. Thanks for uh, getting these interviews. It's super fun to hear their reactions. Uh, you did great. Thanks for all your work, uh, and we'll see you soon. Perfect. All right. Well, we wanted to get alums on almost every episode of the recaps of Bachelor in Paradise. So today we have Ashley Frazier Williams. Hello, Ashley. Hi. Hey, How's Ashley. It going? Hi. You were on Bachelor in Paradise season one, which is so crazy because it was because what are we in season? Is this seven now? <laughs> A lot has changed. Let's just say that. <laughs> what do you think has changed the most? Well, I feel like just the whole dynamic of having social media mixed in with everything creates just a different environment of people to respond and act and um, be kind of different in the world, I guess. Right. Because everybody's putting on a show a little bit more, I think. Right. Because now you understand the importance of keeping the audience. So, you know. Definitely. Speaking of putting on a show, we see yeah. at the end of the episode, Demi is walking in and we were just I talking. Have my notes. Okay. I so, so what were your impressions of Demi walking in? Cause we were just talking about this, but I would love another person's opinion. Well, 
I think she's really good for ratings. <laughs> she's <laughs> the one you want to watch and um, you just hope that they can really bring it, I guess, you know? So I think she'll be really um, interesting. I don't really like the bully tactic that she has of like, oh, let me come in and create drama. And that just makes me feel like she might be mean. Mm. She kind of scares me a little. It It is an interesting thing to admit, like coming down those stairs and the mindset of I'm going to come in here and mess things up. We, we've seen that before with the mindset of some people walking down those stairs. I never have known it to go well. Like that just never works the way they think it's going to. And so all of those, all of the people with that mindset do get humbled at some point with when they, when they think they're going to come in there and just tear things up. Absolutely. And I mean, we see her crying in a little clip of the future episode. So there may be her humbling right there. <laughs> I, uh, I was talking to Ashley like and Eddie about this just a little bit ago and, and, Ashley Frazier Williams, I want to hear your thoughts. What about Paradise brings out the emotions in the way that it does? How does how does twenty some people show up to a beach and all of them feel something so deeply if they're in a romantic relationship or even if they're not? I think there's several answers to that question. Number one, you're isolated. And so you realize there's just a certain amount of time that if you don't connect, game's over right mm -hmm. and you don't want to go home because then you hope for someone else to come in to match you right so i think it's just a bunch of different reasons why it gets so hyped up right ash right. that's exactly <laughs> what i said is that pressure of time especially if you're somebody who is a little bit more slow to open up yeah um what's the girl that she said she was um abigail yeah Mm -hmm. which by the way, I have my notes on her. Oh my God. I love her. First of all, I'm so far behind on the bachelor because now I have two kids running around me and it's a madhouse around here. So I barely have time to eat myself. So, um, I'm so far behind, but I really liked her. So now I want to like learn more about her and She's Noah. Sweet. I think they're so cute. So thought. cute. Would you say that they were the couple that you're rooting for the most as of now? Ooh. I mean, as of someone that I think is more on like my level of calmness now that I'm older, a more, <laughs> I hate to say mature because I don't want to say sound like anyone else is less mature, no, but it. it's like they seem more ready maybe, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're there for that and they're excited for that. I felt that. And I, I understand what you're saying. It's not like you're saying, oh, I'm more mature than the rest of this cast. It's just saying you can tell that she's ready for this romantic connection. Just similar to, you know, when I was watching Ashley Iconetti on the show before we were friends and before I knew her well, you could tell she really wants to be in a romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that was something that is visible. Now, to both of you, and then I'm going to step back here, but to both of you, I have a really interesting question that I've always been intrigued by. When you, so you, as you said, you couple up because you are interested one in the person and two, you want to stay around just in case maybe your forever person comes down those stairs, which means that there's a ton of breakups or there's a ton of relationships ending and new ones starting. I know in my life, breakups are really hard and I, maybe I put too much weight on, but they also sometimes feel very awkward. Like you don't really necessarily want to see that person again, just because <laughs> you've shared moments with them. And then it's like, Hey, I, I'm on this beach. You're surrounded by your exes for the entirety of the show, unless you couple up week one with your person that you're going to be with at the end, 
how awkward is it to break up and move on? Or is it just kind of like a, a spoken rule that, yeah, things are going to end? The most awkward thing ever. Okay. That's what really? it's just like. Oh my gosh, it's so awkward when they somebody breaks up with you and you're like, oh, okay, but I'll still see you at breakfast tomorrow morning. So um, <laughs> then we'll look at each other and smile awkwardly and just we'll know it won't happen. But, you know, maybe I'll see you go on a date with somebody else and it'll be really weird because we just kissed the night before. And yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm okay. I'm with you there. I totally agree with that. But I also feel like in this specific environment, there's some sort of way in how we all, all of the Bachelor Nation somehow gets through it and we all stick around and we're all still there. Like as awkward as it is, we still do it and are still able to, I guess, compartmentalize. I'm sure it's very similar to what a fraternity and sorority go through. Cause you know how you have like, you're the ones that you're paired with and you like always have to have parties and dances and stuff with them. Like that happens all the time there. So that might be more relatable. Yeah, true. That's true. But it's interesting because I feel like it doesn't really bother me. I feel like I didn't play my season very well looking back, but I think my problem was on my season was there were, more friends on my case then so I kind of felt not stuck because it was still my choice but I felt like Graham was like my only option kind of and so I was like well I'm gonna stick it out with him because everybody else here is my friend and then I kind of got in too deep and then didn't know how to get out Mm. you know looking back so I don't know I feel like that's kind of parlayed into a different thing but I mean you still like, it, I guess it would have been awkward to have not been with him and seen him with someone else. But, I mean, we all see how that went. So. No, you're actually really right about that. Is there privacy in this place, though? Like, we see everybody. I mean, we only see, like, the, the, the camera angles from the people watching. And it feels like everybody can watch each other kiss and hang out and make out. Like, is there any place to just get away? I mean, if you really want to get away, you could. But you're going to have a camera follow you. But if you didn't want everyone seeing you, right, Ash, don't you feel like? Yeah, there are like balconies and like little areas. You can definitely get like privacy to make out. But I mean, clearly you can tell that they don't care, right? They're like, hey, let me let everyone know. Like so-and-so's taken. Uh, That's true. You almost want it to be out there. Oh, interesting. That's that's heavy. So you're like, there's a moment in the mind of the people like, I want to show that I'm with this person so nobody else steps on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I can remember people not knowing of like certain couples, and then you'd be like, "Oh, and then there's so and so and so and so," and then like the other person that's been around for just as long as you was like, "Wait, what?" No, it's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, you didn't uh, know that." Yeah, <laughs> right. That's good stuff. That would. Be, <laughs> that's what I would get into. Like, I really love. I yeah, I just love the like. But then you have a demi girl come in, and she's like, "Oh, really?" I really wanted him. Oh, but now that he's taken, let me hop in. Ooh, and that happens too. You've seen it. We see it. Um, Mm -hmm. How often is that successful? Okay. So uh, you have your notes in front of you. We've just mentioned the Abigail Noah uh, relationship. We've talked about Demi coming down the stairs. We really want to ask you about that. Um, What are your feelings after watching and being a part of this uh, on David Spade's role? And also in comparison to Wells, uh, with Wells being there as well. Like, how do you like this dynamic? Okay, here's what I think. I think Wells needs to step up and be the host. We said the same thing. Moving forward. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't think about that until I saw him and just the way he is on camera is so good. He's really good. I like how he has questions. He's on everyone's level. He's been through it. And I think he's witty enough to kind of come up with his own lingo for the show and maybe take it into a different avenue versus saying the same, the most drama season ever, you know, like our same terms we've had forever. I think he'd be really good for that. David Spade, I was like, oh, I don't get this. No. Now, Chris Harrison, we know, is really funny. Mm -hmm. He has really, like, witty personality. So I think that wasn't really shown until the, like, handful of last so many seasons, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't see him, his personality at the beginning. So I think having David Spade is awesome. I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, how's that going to go? But I was hooked right away. I'm like, yes, yes. He's funny. But you're saying that uh, that you think if you even took David away, yeah, okay, he filled a comedic role that was necessary and kind of like we said maybe a li- risk alleviator for the show just in case Wells wouldn't step up. But you're seeing Wells now. You're saying, I think this guy's got it on his own. He doesn't need anybody else. He can do this thing. And then we, we came to the same conclusion. Okay, two parts to that. One, for The Bachelor, Bachelor, yes, I think Wells can do it on his own. For par- Paradise, there's a different way that they edit and film it's funnier like it has a more freedom type of show to it versus bachelor is so much more serious right so you see all the funny humor and all the wittiness of the characters that we saw in bachelor and bachelorette come out in paradise so that's where i think David would be really good. Interesting. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're you're taking it one step further and saying you believe Wells Adams could be the host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, the big the big show. Yeah. Interesting. I think so for sure. I think he could handle it. And I think America loves him. Yeah, I think they do too. So he's a good option, you know? He is. All right. Well, let's talk about you for a little while. Oh, yes. All right. So you have two daughters now. How old are they? Everly is 10 months and Navy is two and a half. As somebody who's struggling through their pregnancy, how, how are you? Um, while I was pregnant? Yes. Yeah. Um, so Navy was a lot easier. I thought it was hard. It was so much easier than Everly. Everly, there was one point where I was in so much pain. I mean, TMI, but from, I could not get from my bed to the bathroom. I was frozen and I was freaking out calling Aaron. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I could not, my pain in my tailbone was so excruciating. I couldn't put my toe down. Was that like in the third trimester? Um, no, it was at the beginning. Why in your tailbone? Why? So what I've heard and what my doctor said is if you have previous injuries, a lot of times they'll come back in your pregnancy. Oh. And when I was younger, I fell and fractured my tailbone. And so I think that came back to haunt me. No way. Yeah, it was rough. I had vertigo with Everly. That happened. I got the flu at six weeks, which this was right before Corona hit. So thank God it wasn't Corona, but yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, I would have been freaking out, uh, anything and everything happened. It was, it was rough. Well, Ashley is currently pregnant, as you know, uh, yeah. what is the best advice that you were given or that you could share with Ashley, uh, through the pregnancy and then into early motherhood? The best advice is to not take anyone's advice. Ooh. You will know your child 
and what you want better than anybody else. And so what someone told me was, take it all in. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No one knows whether you take it or not. You don't have to have a conversation with them. If it's not what you believe or how you feel, you don't have to do it. When you get home and it's just you and your family, it's whatever you want to do. So do whatever feels right to you. That's really good advice. I love yeah. that. No Thank one knows you. whether you take it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so why even like have to worry? It all comes to you as it's happening. Like the with Navy, I, my first girl, I was just constantly worried and trying to figure it out. And I was like, this is what society says to me. And then once it clicked at probably like maybe, I don't know, month six, seven, I was like, okay, I just got to relax. I am stressing out. This is freaking me out. Like everyone's opinions are like weighing on me. And once I let go, I swear everything became easier and it's not easy, but it just was like, oh my gosh, this is what I should have been doing this whole time. I get it now. So you'll see. That's good advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Very empowering too. I mean, I'm hearing it and I'm like, that's awesome. You know, I mean, as somebody that hopes to be a father someday, just having the confidence in yourself to say, I've got this and you're going to know, yeah, you know, your baby better than anybody because, you know, you're going to be a loving mom. So yeah, of course. What a uh, really, really cool advice. I've never heard that. Um, so thank you. Thank you. And then we'll just talk about your husband, Aaron, for a second. You guys got married in 2007. Yeah. How did you? Seven, uh, 17. 17. Yeah. Of course. I'm like, wait, 17. <laughs> how did you guys meet? And like, how was that dating process? And did The Bachelor teach you anything from it? Oh, good question. So I met Aaron years and years ago when we were all going out, having fun, going out to the club and bars and all that stuff. And I really liked him. He was so handsome. Um, came from a really good family, but he's so quiet and shy. And I did not think he liked me because he wasn't really taking that initiative. And so it kind of just faded away, but we would see each other out all the time and hang out. And I felt like there was a connection, but nothing ever came from it because he never was like, Hey, you're my girl. Let's go. So um, we would stay in touch. And then finally um, I reached out to him or he reached out to me. I can't remember. And we started talking and again, I'm like, does this guy like me? Like he's spending all this time. We, we were much older. This is going back to where we first started dating again. And I was like, does this guy like me? Like he's hanging out with me. He's taking me to dinner, but he's not saying the words, you know, cause he's just such a quiet guy. And so I wasn't going to ask you know, I needed him to tell me. So finally I was like, all right, I'm going to move to LA. And then he was like, oh, well, can we be together before you go? And I was like, wait, as boyfriend, can we date before you leave? Yeah. Like one on like, like exclusive. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, "Mm, okay. I thought he was joking. I'm like, oh, I'm moving. So now he's going to like say, oh, now it's safe to say that. Right. So then I moved six months later. I'm like, Aaron, what are you doing? I'm coming home. And he's like, I'm going to step it up and I'm going to be there. And then that was it. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. And he was basically at home waiting for me. So ah, he's a good looking good dude. Uh, I just, I just Googled I him. That. Yeah. He's a good looking yeah. fella. Nice. Yeah. He, he's a good looking guy for sure. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Well, now I got to go Instagram stalk you. Yeah. He's not on any social media, which is the most amazing thing like he has no idea. Like he doesn't get it at all. I'm like, I have to break everything down for him. Like 
you would your parent or your grandma, you know? I like that. (laughs) Respect for Aaron. Yeah. Stay on to that, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that guy. He found his girl. He has his family. He's got his career. Yeah. Uh, The social time he's like, I think I'm going to get on Facebook and check in with my friends. And well, that was six months ago. And (laughs) (laughs) oh, so good. Well, yeah, he's a great guy. Ashley, you are awesome. Thank you. You are too. Thank you for having me. But Ashley, before you go, you do have some really cool things going on in your life that we want to touch on. Ania Hill, uh, can you explain it to all of the people listening, what it is, why they would like it, why they should check in on it? Yeah. So Ania Hill is a lifestyle brand that I created. I felt like there was such a disconnect in wanting people of norm to have the same feeling and experience that us bloggers and influencers get. And I wanted them to have um, really great product come to them in really good packaging. And so I created Ania Hill. It's Aaron, Navy, Everly, and Ashley. And that's where Ania came from. And Hill is basically this feeling. It's this place you want to be. So, you know, when you put on an outfit that you feel amazing in, and you're like all of a sudden getting compliments and you're like, how is this possible today? I'm getting the compliments on something I just bought for the first time and I'm wearing it. That is the hill. That's that feeling, that place you want to be. And that's on top of the hill. So that's where the name came from. And it's basically, it started off with sunglasses, which are our ride or die pieces. Um, I've styled and designed each piece from scratch from the ground up. And so they're sustainable, everlasting, basic pieces that are for women. Um, And so we've been adding clothing and all kinds of different things to the brand. But um, my plan is for everybody to have a piece and for them to have it for long term, which makes it sustainable. So it's been really fun designing. Love it. I'm looking at the Instagram right now. It's at shop Ania Hill. And that is A-N-E-A Hill. And there are really nice staples. Thank like, you. They yeah. go with everything and they are the kind of stuff that you would keep in your closet forever. Yeah. Thanks. I need to send you guys some, the wife and Ashley, send no, you guys some stuff. Don't count me out. Thank you. I, I like myself yeah. some lifestyle pieces. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll send you the dress. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Ashley, thanks again. Aniahill.com. Yeah. Check out uh, Ashley's brand. Also, thanks for coming on and talking paradise. Uh, best of luck. Thanks for your advice and joining the Almost Famous podcast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. So obviously it's been a big week with Paradise. Uh, as we just mentioned, uh, they had their launch party uh, that uh, Kendall was able to go to. It was great talking to her. Now we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that we're finding new ways, ways to be interactive with all of you. We want to continue to connect with you and have fun with you and experience the show alongside of you. And so we thought one of the cool ways to do it was to bring on the batch bracket, start a bracket for Paradise this year. Ashley and I are competing in it, uh, doing the best we can uh, to win it. The winner uh, will uh, get a prize. So we're bringing batch bracket on now uh, to discuss the details and everything good about it. Welcome to the podcast, Caitlin from Batch Bracket. Hey. Caitlin, as you're coming on the podcast, we're going to talk about what this means the batch bracket do you mind just giving a quick recap of what a batch bracket is and then how our listeners can join in and compete against so many other people 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to. So I love uh, Batch Bracket because it does give you an opportunity to compete against all your friends uh, watching the show that we all spend way too much time watching already. Um, Batch Bracket is essentially like fantasy football, uh, except for The Bachelorette. So um, Batch Bracket is a show, an opportunity for you to compete with friends, get on and um, make picks every single week so you essentially choose your team of contestants they are going to win or lose you points based on what they do that week so whether they're saying um you know that someone is or isn't here for the right reasons or they're making out in the ocean or reading a date card things are worth positive points things are worth negative points and at the end of every episode scoreboard is updated and you find out how your team did for the week so Super simple to join. Everyone can just go um, to batchbracket.com, join a league. Um, the Almost Famous League is there right at the top of the join a league page. So super easy to find. Um, and yeah, you can just join a league right there. Add any friends that you want to play against and the scoreboard um, updates and scores automatically after every episode. So it's not like your regular like NCAA bracket. Right. So for Paradise, especially because so many people are coming in and out the whole time, there's not a lot of consistency week to week. So um, very much more so like fantasy football than March Madness type bracket style. Um, very much choose your team every week. Every single episode is a new chance to win points and a new chance to pick a new team. It's uh, I think it's gonna be a really fun way for the listeners out there to kind of join on and, and get even more involved in the show. I know fantasy football. I've loved football forever, but fantasy football really gets me hyped on every game and watching uh, every time a game is shown. Now, you've had uh, some success with Batch Bracket. Do you mind sharing where it started and then where it's at today? How many users, how many people are actively involved? Yeah, absolutely. So a group of friends, three other friends and myself started Batch Bracket back in 2016, um, just kind of as a fun whim, um, begged our friends and family to join our little site. We had 300 people our first season of VIP um, that we launched for. As of the last season of Bachelorette, we had over 200,000 people playing. Um, yeah, so it's been pretty wild. It's been a wild ride kind of learning what that means to be able to support a site for that many people. Um, since its creation, over 500,000 people have played on Batch Bracket. So it's been pretty fun to navigate that and just um, keep trying to improve it, just keep trying to build um, a better experience for everyone. And um, it's it's been fun to see how it's how it's grown. Well, congratulations. That is so cool. Ben, you yeah. did already fill out your bracket. I still have to do mine. My bad. What were some of the things that you like wagered on? Yeah. So I, to not give away who I picked though, I really went with some of the consistent faces. I thought the veterans uh, in paradise would do well this season. I thought they knew how to, they would know how to navigate the process. I also wanted some people that would make um, make some noise, like maybe some of those bigger characters that would shake things up, that would be on camera a little bit more, even if the camera time wasn't maybe healthy time for them. Because I know that the more they're shown, probably the more points that I'm going to get. And so I kind of weighed both. I took my safe picks with the veterans. I also picked some more outliers that I thought would make some noise in paradise. Um, and, and, and it is fun. Now, we're obviously one weekend to paradise already. And some of the people are just hearing this for the first time. So Caitlin, 
is it too late for listeners to sign up for our bracket? No. So that's one great thing is that the bracket is open throughout the full season. And there are so many opportunities to win points throughout the season that just missing one week does not by any means exclude you from coming up at at the top uh, the next week. So definitely tons of opportunities to win points still, no matter when you join within the season. Awesome. Very good. So great. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. That's such an amazing platform with amazing growth. So um, I'm excited to play this season with Ben. Yeah, we're super excited to have you and uh, cannot wait for the rest of the season. So before, real quick, though, before you go, the winners of this season's almost famous batch bracket are going to get a prize. What is it? So this season, we're very excited that, that the winners of the almost famous league are actually going to be able to make their own appearance right here on the podcast. Heck yeah. So, very excited to see Ben and Ashley hang out. Um, and yeah, definitely high stakes for this league. Let me tell you, it's worth it to win because getting to hang out with Ashley Canetti is a dream. Yeah. Caitlin, so cool. thanks for joining us. You're the best. We're going to fill out our brackets every week at batchbracket.com. Go to the Almost Famous League. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I hope it is something that has so much traction to it from all of you listeners that we do it every season from here on out. Caitlin, thanks again. Thanks so much. Ashley, the first headline of this week uh, includes Gray Grippo. And it says that him and McKenna Dorn were talking before he went on The Bachelorette. I know. Isn't that crazy? So McKenna and Greg used to talk last summer, according to an insider. They really hit it off, but long distance came in the way. Um, they talked for about a month before things cooled off. They never met in person. She lives in Canada. Mm. He's, you know, lives in New Jersey. Um, there's some proof of this connection because the reality stars both liked each other's Instagrams in the mm. early 2020s. Tw- 2020. <laughs> in early 2020. Um, and... Yeah, so that's that's interesting. I wonder if I wonder how that even came to be. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, right? Like, because I don't even know whether he would have been in casting. Yeah, if early twenty twenty feels less juicy because yeah, hey, they never met. They never met. Well, yeah. next headline is this. Obviously, uh, we had the opportunity to have Justin Glaze, who was Katie Thurston's runner up on uh, the season that just ended at The Bachelor at, on this podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, I'd recommend going back and listening to it. Uh, it's a great episode, and he was very honest. Well, Katie Thurston reacts uh, to some of the things said by Justin Glaze uh, when he said he was blindsided by their split. She said, I'm not surprised he was blindsided just because of what him and I experienced. Unfortunately, there's a whole love story you guys didn't get to see. But him and I both agreed it doesn't matter what people got to know in terms of our connection. But he said on our, and then this is how he responded um, on our podcast. He said that, you know, we've, you guys should go back and listen. It's a great episode with Justin. We loved having him on. He really opened up and you get to know what a sweet guy he is. And it was unfortunate we didn't get to know him better on TV. But he said, we spent a month together getting to know each other, talking about our families um, this morning I'm picturing how great today is going to be and like what our life is going to actually look like. And that's that, but it's so hard. You don't want it to end. It's hard, man. It hurts, man. <laughs> uh, I gave this my everything. There are a lot of emotions. 
Well, we really enjoyed having him on. So like I said, I would recommend going back and listening. Well, uh, speaking of Katie Thurston, it seems like her and Blake Moines are having a lot of fun and enjoying their uh, first week out in the public. Uh, and we see that one of the examples of this is Blake Moines shares video in bed with Katie Thurston after the Bachelorette finale. Yeah, so there is a video, Katie and Blake, they're in bed for the first time since their relationship has been out, and they're in there with his dogs, and the, the, in the video it says, I don't want it, I don't want your bone, <laughs> take that back, and that's what Katie says in the clip, uh, I think there's like a little innuendo there, but they're talking, you know, they're referring to the dog bone, <laughs> it's just them being silly in bed. It's uh it's a big week for them. First week as a public couple. Well, last few headlines here. Big one in Bachelor Nation. Bachelor Nation's Jeff Holm files restraining order against Robbie Hayes. This is according to E and, and well, every other <laughs> outlet out there. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, so basically Robbie and Jeff and Chase McNary, they used to all live together in the Santa Monica area. And then Chase got out of that bro house. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, Jeff and Robbie continued living together. And there was always like kind of a reputation for it being a party house. Um, and apparently once Robbie moved out, he kept coming back in unannounced. So Jeff ended up filing for a restraining order. It's unclear from the documents whether their friendship was soured and Robbie moved out, but allegedly, according to the documents, Jeff states that at least once a week, Robbie enters his property without permission and it becomes hostile. He says, I do not feel safe around him. And Jeff continues to say that he threatens me and still hasn't stopped to this day. He claims that he has belongings in there and that is why he enters but he's not on the lease, and it's making me fearful. Wow. It's a big step to get a restraining order. And uh, follow that story as it continues. Obviously, it's temporarily, I think, in, in place right now. And uh, over time, we'll see if it goes and, and becomes permanently granted. Well, uh, Tasha Adams was on this podcast, uh, spoke very openly when she came on about her relationship with Zach and kind of how they're processing through this season of life where Tasha's super busy and Zach's running um, his facilities. Well, the headline reads this. Tasha Adams responds after fan questions then her cryptic never settle post about Zach Clark. Um, all right. So basically, <laughs> Tasha put out a tweet on Friday where she said never settle dot dot dot. And then a fan said, this better not be about Zach. And then <laughs> Tasha responded saying, chill, Corley. And I think that was the girl's name. Chill, Corley. Um, I don't think it is about Zach. She was recently on our podcast, like Ben just said. And she talked about how she feels like their relationship, while they have to be away from each other a lot, it, it still works for them. Mm -hmm. well, uh, well, obviously... It's never easy to be in a relationship, especially when the two people are living apart and moving uh, on. But again, she spoke about it with Ashley on the Almost Famous podcast, which is this podcast. So it's pretty easy to go back, listen to that episode to get even more details about that headline. Well, Ashley, um, great podcast. Thank you to Ashley Frazier-Williams for joining us today. Again, go out and fill out your Bachelor in Paradise bracket. 
uh, right now. Uh, it's not too late at batchbracket.com. Go to the Almost Famous League. Fill out your team. Update it each week. Ashley and I are competing. The winner, come on in and get to hang out with us, which I think is just awesome. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. With that, I've been Ben. Thanks, guys. I've been Ashley. See you next week. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.